Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Empire. Esports and gaming have become the engagement space for Gen Z, and content arms are trying to meet them there. People may play all four of these games, or two of these games, or three of these games, or one of these games, but you would never come there and say that, you know, imagine saying that golf is the basketball. Everyone would lose their minds. That's Josh Nino, CEO and co-founder of Deserto, where staying ahead of the content game is an effort worth pursuing. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. Reaching the younger generation is easier and harder for traditional content offerings. The new age of esports and gaming splinters the younger audience and meets them where they are. So for Josh Nino, this meant an opportunity to provide content they want if he and his company can keep up. Our guest this week is Josh Nito. He is the CEO and the founder of Deserto, which is a media company that is focused on the gaming culture and esports. Josh, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bram. Tell us a little bit about Deserto. What do you guys do? So Deserto is, uh, comes from the esports industry originally seven years ago. I myself was a uh, former professional gamer about 13, 14 years ago. Um, so I've stayed in the industry since then. And we, we started Deserto, me and my three co-founders, to bring sports-style coverage and entertainment coverage to enthusiasts of professional gaming, competitive video gaming. But actually over the past, you know, four to five years, we realized that esports really represented a, a segment, a sexy and large segment, but still a segment of a wider movement towards fanship around digital celebrities, as, as we all more commonly know them as influencers. Yeah. And that really became our bread and butter. Entertainment focused around influencers and digital celebrities born from some kind of digital medium. It could be pro gaming, it could be TikTok, it could be YouTube vlogging, it could be Twitch streaming. Everyone who is playing a part of this new form of, let's call it, entertainment wave. So when did that link connect that someone who's really into gaming, whichever gaming they're into, would also be very interested in the latest with Mr. Beast? This is exactly it. There is so much crossover between someone who enjoys the latest FIFA or Call of Duty or Fortnite and also their interest in a YouTuber like Mr. Beast or a PewDiePie or even a group like the Sidemen. So there is just so much crossover because everyone has this sort of common interest in social media culture and what's hot that is stemming from these large entertainment platforms and DOD platforms like the Twitch or YouTube where these influencers are streaming all the time. And crucially, we think it's because, you know, the the, the, celeb, the digital celeb, the influencer, they connect with their fans in ways that traditional sports stars are always starting to catch up with. And they are catching up for what it's worth, thanks to the tools and technology that is out there. But the influencer cottoned on first. And there is much more of an intimate 
um, you know, interaction between them and their fans by nature of social media. Fans feel that they can speak near enough one-to-one to their facts, to their heroes and icons. And Deserto is all about enforcing and, and enriching that sort of space where, you know, hero and icon and their fans come together. It's really interesting. You know, obviously I've worked in traditional sports media for a long time. We know who our audience is. We know how to aggregate them into the same spot. And we have a lot of ideas about what they like uh, demographically, et cetera. Um, In this kind of social media influencer world, it felt like for a long time you're guessing or that each uh, influencer or game is kind of its own separate entity and ecosystem. When did you kind of see that crossover start to happen? Hey, look, this is actually a very astute point that you made that I don't think many people understand. The, the, gaming, if we take just gaming and not even think about social media for a second, gaming is worth hundreds of billions of dollars, maybe 200 billion, the last, last numbers I saw. We have a market that massive, the biggest entertainment. Um, you're never going to get everyone liking the exact same thing. It's impossible, you know, and you can even have microcosms of this, you know, like influencer, you know, fandoms and followings. You have 10 million followers. Is everyone going to like everything you post on Twitter? Probably not. And so, you know, the search, so we realized that it would be a competitive advantage if we were to sort of carve out some of the bigger games, franchises, interests, topics, not just in gaming, but in streaming culture, in social media culture, even in, even more so recently in TV and movie culture. If you're a huge Marvel fan, it doesn't mean that you're not a DC fan, but sometimes you want to get just Marvel news from a specific handle, unadulterated by news around, I don't know, Grand Theft Auto or cooking. You can't have it so agnostic that fans all of a sudden feel that their passion and like-minded fans around them become sort of compromised by news that is not relevant to them. And so the search of, we you know, we sort of branched out and have, you know, I think 40, you know, uh, websites and handles now across all forms of social media, YouTube, Snapchat, Twitter, etc. so that fans can go deeper into these passions. And when it comes to recognizing it, we just saw this trend early on when we were, you know, starting off in humble beginnings as purely an editorial, editorial platform. But with knowledge as fans ourselves, certainly when I was a pro gamer, I had, a, you know, an inherent understanding that Call of Duty it's not the same as Halo. It's not the same as Gears of War. It's not the same as FIFA. Of course, people may play all four of these games or two of these games or three of these games or one of these games, but you would never compare and say that, you know, imagine saying that golf is the same as basketball. Everyone would lose their mind. It's just absolutely not a fair reflection of the differences between the sports, how the sports are played, the culture of sports, the fanships, you know, the global audiences of the sport. And we really recognize that this was pretty much the same thing coming into you know, entertainment, pro gaming, streaming culture. Um, I, I like how you use the word news because I'd love to hear how that's defined in a social media influencer space. You're trying to reach an audience that wants to know about influencers or games that is more open than almost any other industry because you get to know them through their own content. So how do you discern what news is for your audience? Yeah, I think... It's about making sure that people can find everything in, let's call it, with the noise removed. There's so much noise on social media. There's so much happening all in one place. And, you know, people have grown to love that through the various you know, favorite social platforms. Take a Twitter, for example. And so for someone like Deserto, it's not always about distilling it, but certainly at its core, it's about reducing the noise and giving people a, you know, a accurate, 
you know, fast understanding of what is taking place and how they can follow that story if they take something that they enjoy from that story. And if not, what else is happening right now in real time that, you know, they want to sort of sink their teeth into. So a lot of it does come, you know, in making the news accessible. Because otherwise, it's a world filled with vernacular, with jargon, with in-jokes and whatnot. And really, the third show was sort of blown up precisely because we made a lot of this content or all of this content accessible to just about anyone, whether they've been born from a space or whether they're coming into the space. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Chalk and Dog, which brings together the vast experience and expertise of two of the brightest agencies in media, sports, wagering, and gaming. With deep roots in the UK and the US, the agency offers expert guidance in everything from market entry to market expansion for startups as well as established global brands powered by best-in-class communication and creative experts. Chalk and Dog has vast international experience and delivers results-oriented, tailor-made solutions for B2B and B2C organizations. What is news? Tell, tell me what it is. What would be on Deserto? What, what is news to you? I mean, I can break it down into maybe three areas. If it was, say, a world championship, a League of Legends or Call of Duty, it could be about building up hype around who the big teams are, rivalries to look out for, fixtures and data that we're looking at that is going to make this coming tournament exciting and you know, help uh, fans understand what is truly on the line other than a world championship, what is on the line based on the seasons that just, just happened. And then, of course, all your transfers that you would expect in sport. In something like entertainment, um, we've done a lot of original content with the likes of influencers on their own sort of, let's call it, you know, huge announcements um, on, let's call it, gaming, uh, you know, properties or, you know, talent incubators or things where they are going to meet up with fans. We're all over this stuff and bringing, you know, let's call it more spotlight to these, you know, let's call it these initiatives by the influencers. It could also be around, you know, Mr. Beast announces, I don't know, a new uh, restaurant franchise. That's something that we would report on immediately because fans are going to want to know how they can, is it going to be online order? Do they have to go and rock up? Can they go and meet Mr. Beast and whatnot? Exactly the same with phase and whatnot. Um, and then you've got something like gaming, which I think is, you know, largely a tried and tested model where we separate ourselves to where I've already said, we break out and there's still the, let's call it, we, we focus the news around specific games and franchises versus sort of making it a bit of a mishmash of everything. And gaming is all about what is, you know, the biggest, you know, the latest review. What is our opinion about the game? How is that opinion stacked up with other publishers? You know, what is the latest on DLC? How can you get involved with the next big drop in Call of Duty? When is Warzone 2 coming out and whatnot? So a lot of it around gaming is really very much traditional with a certain tone of voice that gives it its unique flavor. Um, but something like influence news, it's all about what the influencers are up to, what the next big thing they are doing that fans need to be aware of. And then in esports, it's all about traditional sports storytelling, but very much built for, you know, let's uh, call it a video game-centric audience. Transfers, breaking news, results, rivalries, similar things to what you would expect in your favorite, you know, real-life sports, so to speak. 
It's so interesting. I mean, again, I, I kind of harken back to my experience with sports media that we kind of know who we're talking to and the culture kind of takes shape around it. And in a social media landscape, empowered to have more influence on that culture or how it's shaped. Um, when you talk about influencer or gamer culture, and I know you're trying to tap into this, that this is, I think, the goal of what you're doing is shaping culture. It feels still very nascent and it feels still very disparate that there's so many different things that you're following and taking part in. So how do you think through like, what is the culture of this that you're, you're trying to tap into? I mean, it, it, it is true that it moves at lightning speed. You know, I, I guess part of it is always the case of in influence terms, who is hot, who is not and not, and who is doing something that's really cool that is bringing attention, who is playing the latest game. You know, it's a really high standard, so you want to be watching their streams. Who is going to, you know, to compete at the next tournament? To focus it, very much what we do from an editorial standpoint, we have quite literally different categories, right? Because you can't just throw everything into one mixer and expect it to be easy to decipher what is what. So there's just a lot of back-end organization that allows us to sort of segment our news. But in terms of, I guess, like, that's called driving the culture of it, well, part of that is actually about bringing this to the audience beyond the hardcore followers, making this news accessible to, you know, other fans who are only just getting into streaming culture because they were may have been casual gamers and bridging the gap between, you know, the fan who has a light interest into, uh, you know, a Twitch and giving them more insight into the people who are commanding millions and millions in fans, you know, fanship on Twitch, on Twitter and Snapchat and whatnot is a crucial point in this ultimately nascent industry to make it more appealable to the wider mainstream. Are you guys TMZ? Are you ESPN? Are you both of them? How do you kind of, how do you guys view what your company is right now? You know, it, we never really struggled with the question, but it's always inspired us to think about what it says was going versus where it came from. We, we did look at an ESPN and think, okay, there is a model of this that applies well to the search. So when it comes to covering esports, in a sports style way. Very quickly, we realized that the sports coverage model isn't always applicable to esports. In part, because as I already mentioned, you have a lot more access and, you know, between, and a lot more connection between the athlete, the digital athlete, and the fan versus what you currently get in traditional sport, even if that is going to change, I believe, through time. So I actually don't think it was, you know, we really quickly realized that there is no real easy comparison. There is no one round peg, round hole. Someone like an IGN who has really been at the forefront of gaming for over a quarter of a century, they have inspired a lot of publishers, including ours, when it comes to how you look at, you know, at video games as a whole. But actually, we have very little duplication with IGN according to you know, various third-party tracking tools. It's only, only a 22% you know, overlap between our audiences because we think that we very much, let's call it, capture the zeitgeist of what the community is talking about around yeah. a video game and the cultural offshoots and memes and humor that develops from these games versus IGN or a game spot, which tends to lead with their opinion around the game. And we're much more interested in the fabric of what the community is saying versus, let's call it, our single point of view around the quality of a video game. Yeah. Uh, in your case, it's really interesting. Um, and this is just modern times and modern communication, but it's partially like the music industry had gatekeepers of culture you had to go to certain places 
to learn about new music and to be part of the conversation and to in, be influenced by it. Sports is the same way. There were gatekeepers, ESPN or others, rights holders, where the conversation was driven by the people that were there. This is everybody everywhere all the time. So to like actually get it into one lane where people are talking about and interacting with the same things feels like to be an impossible task, but an interesting one that you guys are endeavoring in. I guess like the comparison to the music industry is interesting because what we see over here is a lot of the news is coming quickly from the influencers and they're actually announcing the news or the teams as well are announcing the news themselves. So we actually have to play a different role, a unique role where we can't, we're not always, and this is a good thing, it's not always about breaking the news. It's all about how we add to the news, right? What are we doing to enhance the experience for the fan of this influencer? And that can be in multimedia ways. It can be through, you know, large activations with partners to bring heroes and icons together at tournaments. It can be documentary series that peel behind the layers, peel, peel the pages and read between the lines of what is going on in an influencer's life on a very more intimate level, right? Or a professional player's life on a more intimate level. So the role that we play certainly drives the culture, but ultimately it's an area where a lot of the influencers and teams are actually breaking the news for themselves, which I think is a little bit different to what we're used to in traditional entertainment. Okay. Um, what do your fans tell you they want? Uh, like as, as you respond to them, what, what are they telling you they want from you? I think ultimately they love the fact that, especially on social media, they feel that they have a, a more intimate connection with us. You know, I think it comes down to a lot of it community management, giving fans a chance to have their opinions heard, to respond to them, to share in their sense of humor and their jokes, to show that you get it, to show that you can also help partners in your time as well. So I think the single most important thing always is to managing your community and using social to keep that connection and keep fans abreast of the fact that you are there, we are there, in the mixer, much like them, functioning as a fan, and giving them the opportunity to have their voice heard. That's the most important thing I would say by far. Josh Nino is the CEO and the co-founder of Deserto. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bram. On the next Future Sport Podcast, measuring the effectiveness of marketing and advertising has gotten more complicated. One is looking at it from the angle of, okay, from the overall portfolio, what is that worth? That's typically the team side. And then the other is approaching it from, where would I get my best thing for my buck? So, you know, the source of truth and being able to be transparent with this data, you know, so far I think that, yes, in some senses, level the playing field. That's Alex Kerr, CEO and founder of Trajectory, where honest assessments of how marketing campaigns move the needle is their priority. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.